on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, nude skydiving. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 138 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschain. I am the host for this podcast and the owner of Baroque's Family Naturist Park. And I'm Samantha Graham, the show's producer and editor. This episode is brought to you by the very generous support of Johannes F., Jean-Marc P., Mark M., Hintush, and Michael C., Thank you to each of you, and thank you also to all of our dedicated Patreon supporters. Your generosity is so incredibly motivating, and with your support, we are making a difference. So thank you so much. So there's been talk about nude skydiving for a long time. In fact, a search on Google will find all kinds of results. Um, I have, there is a uh, 1974 documentary, Naked Peacock. Um, the web, by the way, will tell you it's 1975, sometimes 1976. But if you actually look at the credits at the end, it's 1974. Um, might even be a Canadian movie, although it's mostly focused on um, events in California, which includes skydiving. Uh, nude skydiving, it's sort of the intro and how it starts. And there's, I, I, when you look online, you find also that even today, there's a lot of, it's like a challenge. Uh, apparently, a number of people who are skydiving do their 100th jump nude. That's a challenge that they all, well, that they, not that they all do that, but that many do. Um, even fairly recently, um, there was a uh, jump uh, in 2014 just north of Toronto on Naked News. Uh, just nor- Sorry, not just north of Toronto, just north of Bear Oaks at Baldwin Airport where they do skydiving. And Naked News jumped there. You can find that online. And just uh, in recently in June of 2021, uh, a person from Nebraska set a Guinness record for the most jumps in a row nude, 60 times in one day. So it's a thing. It's a thing to jump around nude, and uh, it would seem uncomfortable perhaps, um, but uh, I don't know because I've never done it, and frankly, I'm not that interested in jumping out of an airplane. I'm not sure why it doesn't appeal to me. I like to challenges, but that one doesn't. So when I heard about Heather Cheney doing a jump uh, recently nude, and obviously not being afraid to talk about it because she did a podcast interview uh, with video where she talked about it and where she was nude during the interview, I thought, oh, there's a really interesting person that I'd like to talk to. So I contacted her and she very enthusiastically accepted. All right. So Heather, why don't you start? Tell us, who are you? Who is Heather? Well, I'm, my name is Heather Cheney, and I'm very passionate about news recreation. I, uh, my, my career is in technology, 
but I would like my career eventually <laughs> to be something to do with naturism. If I could just leave behind the computers forever and just ride around naked on a golf cart all day, <laughs> that's, that's what I want my life to look like, but eventually. Um, I, I've been a nudist for a little over seven years. Um, I've always liked being naked my whole life to the point where uh, my dad made me put a sign on my door as a kid that said, Heather is naked, enter at your own risk, just for our guests that were in our house. Nice. <laughs> so I've always liked to be naked and um, my family was supportive of that. Uh, but I didn't really ever know or think about it being like a, a public thing. Like I didn't know public nudity was a thing. Um, but I remember when I was, it was my 21st birthday party. I had a bunch of friends over and they're like, well, what do you want to do, Heather? What do you want to do for your birthday? And one of my really good friends, she said, she said, you know what? I think that the best thing we could do for Heather for her birthday is if we all finally got naked with her. <laughs> and then I was always trying to get people to be, to be yeah. naked with me, you know? So it's always been there. It, it was always uh, been a part of it. And a lot of them did get naked with me that day. And I think that was probably like my first public nudist experience was just me and all my friends drinking and getting naked together, which was kind of cool. But um, when I was, I guess it was three or four years after that, that I was sitting at work. And for some reason I had this thought, you know, I knew Hippie Hollow was a thing in Austin, the nude mm -hmm. beach there. Uh, I knew that was a thing. And so I just kind of typed in um, public nudity or public nudists or nudist Texas. That's what I Googled was nudist Texas, just to see what came up. And Hippie Hollow, of course, came up, and so did Star Ranch Nudist Resort, which was about 45 minutes outside of Austin. And I just immediately picked up the phone and called and was just like, how does this work? Like, can I stay overnight? Do you all have rooms? And like, yeah, we do. I was like, okay, I want to book a room for this weekend for Saturday night. And then after that, uh, I'd been my now my now husband. I'd been dating him for maybe three or four months at this point. And then I called him and said, oh, I booked us a night at a nudist resort. He's like, what? <laughs> And I was like, I didn't even think to ask you first. I was just so excited. <laughs> so you came to my attention, though, because you recently went nude skydiving. Right. When was that? That was um, August 8th, actually. So not uh, very long ago. No, it was almost four months ago. And, you know, I get really excited when uh, public places allow for, for nudity, you know, um, because it doesn't happen very often. Like most mm -hmm. businesses are not nudist friendly. So when somebody posted in one of the nudist groups I'm in that this place did nude jumps, if we were interested, I was really, that's awesome. Like and I've always kind of wanted to go skydiving. So I called my best friend. I said, do you want to jump out of an airplane naked with me? And he said, yes. And we went. <laughs> wow. So, so this is a company that advertises that if you want to jump naked, you can do it. They don't advertise it on their website, but they they had a, a member there that was advertising on the nudist groups, and they had they've had multiple people jump naked before me even. So they had a few come through, you know, a few a few nude jumpers come through. So that's the thing. Is it, do you think it's just nudists, or do you think people just like the thrill of the idea of doing a naked skydiving? You know, I think most skydivers have done a naked jump at some point. I think it's a thing. You know, I'm I'm not involved enough in the skydiving community to really know, but it seems to me when I'm talking to people that most people have said, Oh yeah, I've done a naked jump or two. You know, some people will do it as a celebration, like on their 500th jump, they'll do it naked or something like that. So, so, so both. You, okay. So you, and well, you I said think, you're, sorry, go ahead. I think I'm the exception to the rule. I think I 
was probably it's probably not common for nudists to go skydiving you know i think skydivers will sometimes jump nude but they're not nudists like like i am and so me having that skydiving event on their property with all the nudists there and then just letting us walk around the property naked i think was really special i think that was very different and unique for them so uh group how many of you there were you how many of i think there were 15 of us and i had a lot more people interested than that it was just time of year and the weather you don't know if it's going to be warm or cold it ended up being warm lucky us but you know texas is unpredictable (laughs) it could be 40 degrees it could be 80 degrees did 15 of you jump all at the same time no, uh, the plane will only hold so many people. So we went up in three different loads. Okay. Because in the video that you sent me, I can only see, I think, one other person jumping. Yep. So that was the first time I jumped. That was just me and my friend. We jumped that day. And then I loved it so much. And I talked to the owner and I said, do you mind if I have a nudist event here? And he was like, mm. sure. So then I advertised. And so the nudist event was in October. It was oh. at the end of October. Okay. So very recently. Yeah. So how did, so the first, oh, by the way, you, you said your friend, your husband wasn't interested. Yeah. <laughs> I think he will do it. He just wasn't, I travel a lot. Um, and he's, he, he's kind of a homebody. So I travel a lot without him, but when, next time he comes down to Austin, then I'm going to try to get him to do it. And I think he will. You think? Oh, cause I'm yeah. never jumping out of an airplane unless it's going down <laughs> in flames, in which case I'm happy to take a parachute. But I don't, the idea does, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to you. That's fair. But I do tell people that, you know, statistically speaking, it's a very safe activity. Like, yeah, it's just, I've, I've been, I've been flying every year of my life since almost since I was born and many times a year. And I've often looked out the window and thought, could I do this? And I go, oh, and I get this feeling in my stomach and I'm going, yeah, no, no, I don't know. Do you like roller coasters? Yes. It's a similar thrill to that, I think. Yeah. But you'd have to step out. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, you're, the first time you go, you're usually tandem. So the person that you're tied to will kind of sure. push you out a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. Maybe you'll talk me into it. Yeah, I, I, I might. <laughs> nobody's convinced me to do it, dude. And it's actually just up the road from Bear Oaks, there's a, uh, a skydiving place. So I, I'm, really? as far as I know, nobody's ever done it nude or asked. Uh, so maybe we can figure that out. But yeah, there's a place right up the road. It's closest little air, grass field to the park. So Awesome. So, That's cool. so you go there the first time, it's just two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people are there besides the two of you that day? Oh, I mean, there was people everywhere. But the, I was very impressed. As, as somebody who has mostly only been naked in nudist situations, right, it was very impressed with how the staff handled it. Like, they were very professional. I didn't feel weird at all. No, you didn't feel objectified or not at all. Like I didn't feel ogled. I didn't feel objectified. They, they treated me like a totally normal customer. And I, that's why I was so impressed with that business. Okay. So you get on the plane first time ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take off feeling anxiety. I'm kind of a thrill seeker. So I don't think I had as much anxiety as I should have. Had. Okay. Did you take your clothes off before or during the plane or when were you? As soon as I got there and paid, I was, I took, I took my clothes off. Right, because you have to put on the equipment on the ground, presumably, and so you can't have clothes on. Yeah, they put the harness on, and so I had to be naked when they put the harness on. So you're flying up there. Is it cold? Oh, yeah. It was the, the cold wind was, especially when they opened the door, it's pretty cold up there. Oh, and how, how cold? How cold is it? 
I mean, not unbearable, you know. Um, it's probably, it was probably cold enough where if I was to feel that at a resort, I would probably put on a robe. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was cold enough for, and I, I'm very stubborn, you know, it has to be pretty cold. <laughs> I have to be shivering, you know, but since I had adrenaline and I, and it was, I wasn't up there very long before we jumped out. So it didn't, I wasn't cold long enough to really have an, much of an impact. So you jumped tandem. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel weird to have a fully dressed guy. It was a guy or a man, a woman behind yeah. you. Yeah, like he was. He, yeah, he was the owner of the business, and he was super professional about it. I didn't feel weird at all. So didn't feel weird at all. So you jump out, and you're the air is rushing and oh, yeah. blowing. You have no protection. How does that feel? Does it hurt? I didn't hurt at all. That you know, that's the main question I've been asked after that was like, you know, were you sore? Did it hurt? And they also asked my my male friend. You know, they asked if it hurt. You know, him yeah. in any way, and we both were like, surprisingly, no, not at all. No soreness, no pain. It was, it felt great. Well, I mean, I, I, I've seen a video of a man skydiving and his penis is doing this the whole time, flapping all over the place. <laughs> I don't know whether it hurts because I didn't get to talk to him. Did, did your breasts flap around? Did it, no. Did it, so, no. So there was no discomfort that way or anything like that? Not at all. And, and the air is not hard. I mean, it's, it's a, you're falling. There must be pretty hard wind feeling, no? Yeah, I mean, you're in free fall. So, I mean, it's pretty intense, you know, but for me, it, it felt really good. But one of my good friends that I convinced to jump out of a plane for the first time at this event that I had, he says it felt like he got shot out of a cannon, which is like, ah, you know, like he felt like it was insanely fast, but I didn't, I didn't have that experience necessarily. <laughs> have you jumped with your clothes on as well? Yes, I've jumped twice with my clothes on and twice without. So does it feel, what's the difference? Do you, what, do you feel different? Yeah, you definitely feel more vulnerable. <laughs> like it definitely increases the thrill to be naked, you know, cause you're falling in the air, you know, and if something were to go awry, you know, being naked just makes you feel that much more, more vulnerable, like from a safety standpoint, but it really doesn't make a difference. <laughs> no. Um, no, on the other hand, you, you, it would be very, the sensory would be intense right because you're you're sensing through every square inch of your body right what's happening in the wind so what's your preference i think i know the answer but what's your preference definitely prefer being naked and i want to get my a license over the winter uh, which means i'll be able to jump by myself and i I, there's a uh, a group called sands i can't remember what it stands for but it's a skydiving group that breaks, they break n- nude skydiving records. Oh, wow. And I was kind of- That's a thing? Yeah, yeah. Like the most nude jumps or most tandem. I mean, there's lots of them. There's lots of nude skydiving records. Um, and I think that most of the people in that group probably aren't nudists. They're just trying to break the records for the group. Um, it's more of a novelty thing. But mm-hmm. like, since I am such an avid nudist, I think I was, you know, I was like, if I get my license and start skydiving on a regular basis and try to make it a point to do most of them naked, I said, I bet I can break a few of these. <laughs> do you know what kind of records they are? Like what kind of numbers we're talking about? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'll send it to you through email. Okay. And we'll put it, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to that. So, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how many people you, you can only get so many people on a plane, I guess. So, and they have records for, I guess, number of people jumping naked at once, you know, cause they all do the, Oh, like the stars and things. Yeah. The stars and things. So like yeah, most yeah. people at one time naked, I think they're stuff like that, but if anybody can break those records, it's me. So I'm excited to try. <laughs> cool. So you free fall for a while. 
Then you pull, the chute opens. Pretty hard hit, I would imagine. I've never done it. It's, I mean, it depends on, I'm assuming it depends on the person that you're strapped to. Um, the person I've jumped with uh, is very experienced, so it was very smooth. Okay. It wasn't really jarring at all. But So the next question people are all thinking is, you, you've got all these straps on, chafing, pain? No. No? I mean, it's maybe a slightly tight, like around the thighs, um, but then as soon as you... They didn't tighten them till right before we jumped in the plane, and then they loosened them right after we landed. So it would might be uncomfortable to walk around with like that, but when you're in the air and on parachute, it doesn't hurt. Okay. So you had no bruises? You had no scrapes? Nope. Nope. And if I'll send you the link to my video. I think I, think I did send you the link to my video. If you I watch did, yeah. the end, I kind of follow my butt a little bit because I'm clumsy. <laughs> so as we land, I kind of fall in, in slide on my butt, but I didn't even have a scratch on my butt. That's how softly we landed. So Nice. And then you land, and it's exciting. Uh, I had a head rush for probably 24 hours after my first jump. It was wow. so intense. Yeah, it was huge adrenaline rush. It's very addicting. <laughs> it must be because some people keep doing it over and over again. So it's obviously a lot exactly. of fun that way. Yeah. And uh, still, when you landed, you landed back where you started, presumably, and uh, you still felt you weren't being treated weirdly or anything like that? Not at all. And did you feel the need to immediately put your clothes on then? Or? Oh, no. I mean, if, if I had, I'm the kind of person that feels more comfortable naked than I do with clothes on, unless there's somebody actively sexualizing it. Like right. if there was, if there was somebody there just looking at me, like I'm prey or, you know, something like that, I would immediately want to go put my clothes on, but I didn't experience that at this establishment. So I didn't feel that way. Interesting. Uh, and there's people, there's two different kinds. When I did the world naked bike ride in Toronto, have you ever done that by the way? World naked you know, bike ride? I went, I drove all the way down to Austin for the, the naked bike ride this year. I think it was at the end of September, but it got canceled the day, the day oh. we were supposed to have it. I, but oh. I, I drove all the way down there with my bicycle and didn't get to do, didn't get to present. It was rescheduled, but I didn't, I wasn't able to make the rescheduled date, but I well, didn't get to participate this time. When I did it at the end, there was two types of people. There were people that were like, okay, we're done quick. Let's put our clothes back on. And then there was a bunch of us like, okay, let's hang out. Like, and somebody said, oh, I know a place we can go. We can stay naked. So, All right, let's go. Let's go. It was this, this bar to they know the owner and we just kind of hung out awesome. naked. So there's different mentalities to that. And when you're a small group, sometimes that you feel like you're the odd person if you don't want to immediately get dressed. It's like, well, no, I like it this way. So <laughs> as so, long as I'm around people who are fine with my nudity, I, I, I'm naked. Yes. But, Point. I've been naked for long enough that most of my friends, they know if I come over, I'm probably going to take back off my clo clothes really quickly. And they're, they're just used to it by now. And, and they say, uh, oh, that's just Heather. That's just what she does. <laughs> so why, do, and I, you probably don't know the answer to this, but I, I still, I'm still going to ask, why do you think you're like that? No one's ever asked me that one before. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, maybe it is possible that there's more people like me who, for whatever reason, like to be naked and maybe they were just taught to be more ashamed of it as a kid. Um, I think the conversation that happened when I was a kid was, if I recall correctly, I was around junior high age when my dad said, you know, you're getting older now, you need, probably need to start wearing clothes around the house. And I was just like, why? And then 
he came back to me at some point. I don't know if it was a couple hours or a couple days, but he came back and he's like, you know, you know, j- just know that most people don't see nudity the way you see it, but I just want you to be yourself and, you know, just do what you're going to do. <laughs> so well, he kind of changed so, his mind because I said why and he couldn't give me a good answer. So, <laughs> so he it, didn't shame me for it, which is wonderful. Which is, which is a big key part of probably why you stayed the way you are. Um, but there are, you're not alone. I, I, I meet them, especially here. Uh, Bear Oaks, we get, you know, but there's people who come and they come to liberate themselves and they, they, they love the feeling of being liberated and then they get dressed and they go home. But there are people like you who just, it's like, this is what I've always liked to be. This is the way I am at home normally. I didn't know I could go somewhere and be that way all the time. This is, and, and then once they discover this, it amplifies that attitude. They, they never put clothes on at home. They only start, like what you're doing, it just, it's like they've, they've discovered their calling suddenly. And, and I've always wondered why it is, because when you look at their background, it's not that they had parents that were like that, or that they grew up in a particularly uh, naked environment or anything. They just seem to physically enjoy the physical feeling more than others i think my best guess is that i'm a very raw genuine person like i don't really know how to be fake or put up fronts and i've never i've always been bad at that and and i think that the nudity is an extension of that like i i just i like burying myself completely like as a person like when i meet people i tell them my life story in the first five minutes and i'm very raw like emotionally and mentally I'm just totally 100% myself all of the time. And I don't know how to not, I don't know how to be any other way. Like I don't try to be that way. That's just how I am. And I think being naked makes me feel like clothes feel kind of fake to me. Like, yeah, 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 of course. And so I I like to be naked because it just feels more genuine. I feel more like I'm more me. And when I put clothes on, I feel like I'm a little bit less me. But you don't, it's not that you like people to look at you. In fact, you've said now a couple of times, you don't like to be nude if you're being objectified. Right. So you're not an exhibitionist. You, if, if being nude was on a stage while people were paying you money for it, that wouldn't be cool. Yeah, exactly. I, I had people ask me in co- say in college to me, you know, if you like being naked so much, why don't you go work at a strip club? And I'm like, well, I see your point, but as I think it would really wear on me that people were there for different reasons and that aren't compatible with, uh, like the reasons why I love to be naked so much. <laughs> I've, I've had um, a similar, uh, or a similar answer to, uh, or similar question. And the best answer I heard was somebody says, well, I really enjoy my sexuality, but I definitely don't want to be a hooker. Like, right. And you- I think and I'm, I'm, I would never put down sex work of any type. Like, I think that's, 100% okay if that's what people want to do. And it's 100% okay if people do like exhibitionism. It's just not for me. I just I just want to be able to be naked outside, feel the wind and the sun on my butt, on my bum, <laughs> and just be myself and be one with nature and be my most genuine raw form to those around me and not have to worry about um, someone's sexual expectation of me in that moment. No, and I'm not putting, I don't mean to put down uh, sex work, but I, there's, it. People seem to understand the difference between because they all have experience with sexuality mm-hmm. and being paid, even though it is actually the exact same act, physically right. speaking. Right. There, it, the 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 intent and the environment, the people you're with, is what makes the difference. 
And that's true for nudism. It is true for sex as well. Um, you know, there are sex workers that, that come here. They, nobody knows that except me in one case um, because people would judge them. But they come here. It's, it's, tr- it's even more healing for them because their life is being judged for their bodies and what they look like and being treated as an object. So wow. coming in a naturist environment, there's people who have been sexually assaulted who come here who feel the same kind of healing. That makes sense. And That's that really actually, powerful. it is it's very powerful for them. And it surprised me because I would have thought this would be the hardest thing for them to do to make themselves so open and vulnerable, but it's very healing for them because they can, they, they can experience something which is positive in, in that, you know, in that same sort of physical environment in a way, sometimes they're nude, but they're no longer vulnerable. That's a really beautiful thing. You know, I, I had never thought about that aspect before, but there could be a side to naturism that is healing for those either with some sort of sexual trauma or even ones that are exhausted from being objectified all the time because of their line of work. I like that. Yeah. Well, I would say that for most people who come here, naturism is therapy uh, because at the very least, in most cases, it makes them realize you can accept who you are and accept your body, which it doesn't happen out there, especially as women, right? Yeah. You are, you, women are judged are, you are, you are told that your greatest value is your vision, the visual pleasure you provide to others. Uh, that's your body. That's what it's your body is for. And then it goes downhill. You're worth less somehow. I mean, that's a heavy, heavy trip. Um, it makes, doesn't make you feel very good about the person you are. And men, you know, we men have not had that, especially not in my generation. But now we're getting equality because I'm seeing men getting the same kind of trip, the same kind of pressure on them. Uh, we're going to achieve equality by screwing everybody up equally, as I like to say. So, right. So, yeah. So I think it is it is healing. I think it is therapy for uh, most people who participate, which is why it's so addictive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think that that is in my opinion, one of, one of the most powerful aspects I've seen about the lifestyle is women coming out there and realizing that, A, there are people out there that aren't obsessed with image, not just for themselves, but for for you as well. Like, they're looking at you and they're not obsessed with how you look. And B, realizing how beautiful you are and, you know, ridding yourself of those insecurities. Yes. Uh, several times over the years, they, this, we have young staff and uh, the women in particular have said, uh, well, only the women have said this to me, which is, it's so cool every morning, I don't have to make a decision about what to wear. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. And it has never occurred to me how much of a burden that is on women, because for guys, it's so simple, right? Depending on where you work, let's say you're in an office, it's a dress shirt and some nice pants, and but it is a much bigger decision process for women i've learned it is it definitely you know i'm in i'm in a i'm in the professional world right like i'm i'm in sales so which is i'm in technology sales so there's not a whole lot of women you know in in that and it's difficult you know because everyone's wearing these really nice suits and there really aren't that many it's starting to change a little bit culturally but there's just not anywhere to go for a woman where you can say like i want to look professional there's not like an equivalent of a suit. So you have to work really hard to piece stuff together to look as professional as your peers. It's a very difficult process. So I absolutely understand what you're saying. And it's, it is exhausting. I wish I could just go to a men's warehouse or a woman's warehouse where there's 
predetermined professional looks and just be like, you know, uh, measure me, give me something that looks good and I can be on my way. Like, I wish I could have that, but I don't, I don't get that experience. I'll take this on 12, 16 and 42, please. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and even shopping for women's clothing is not straightforward. Every, you know, get a man, if you're going in for jeans, you're like, Oh, I'm a 30, 32. That's my, you know, that's what size I am. That's not how it is for women. Like every store has a different sizing system and it's exhausting. When I learned that somehow you're supposed to be able to identify a woman's dress size with a single number, I was dumbfounded. Right. Because I've been fitted for suits. There's no, I mean, there's like measurements everywhere, but somehow you're supposed to buy off the rack. You're a number five. How's <laughs> and that's if you're lucky. I mean, most stores will just do small, medium, large, extra large, and then you know every store is going to have a different version of what small, medium, large is. Like maybe in one store, only larges fit me. Maybe another store, smalls fit me. It just depends on what they're. It's it's exhausting. So like even today, and you know, I'm I've been shopping for years. I usually have to grab two sizes of everything to try in the dressing room because I have no idea what's going to fit me. <laughs> so, so you you said you're a professional. What is it you do? Um, so my degree is in computer engineering and I did a focus in AI and robotics. Um, and, you know, originally I was kind of wanting to, you know, some of my, my, some of my projects in school were, you know, build robot arms and have it play uh, checkers. Um, I worked on a robot arm that kind of uh, I programmed it to squeeze a balloon and be able to know if it was going to break or not, you know, that sort of AI. Um, And then I did a project for NASA that was like image stitching, like video image stitching. Um, So I thought that I was going to end up being doing more like robotic stuff, but my first job, my first full-time job out of uh, college, I ended up just writing AI. I worked on this artificial intelligence, which led me down the path of uh, entering the world of network automation and so now the last, man, nine years, maybe <laughs> forget how old I am sometimes. I think the last nine years I've worked in network automation and now I work in sales. So I, I'm a, te- a technical solutions architect. So if I talk to a business and I talk to them about their pain points in their network and I, and they talk to me about where there's problems and I say, okay, well, I think automation could help you. I go into their system. I build out proof of concepts. I automate a few things. I say, Hey, look how awesome this is. Do you want to buy our automation software? And then they buy it. <laughs> so I'm, so, I'm a, I'm sales, but I also do the technical proof of concepts. Uh, yeah. You have, you have to be uh, so to sell something that's so technical. You have to understand what you're selling. So yeah. the, the, so were you always interested in technology when you were young too? Not particularly, um, you know, I, I, I grew up in that kind of that weird time. Uh, I, you know, I was born in 1990, so I still had a Walkman and I didn't have a cell phone until I was 18. You know, I'm like, I'm not like the kids that just came maybe three or four years after me that grew up with cell phones, you know? So I was still a little bit behind, you know, I didn't get, I didn't have a laptop till I went to college. Um, so I did it it wasn't really, I didn't really have the opportunity to kind of be obsessed with technology. Like kids today can, you know, learn how to program really early, but it just kind of wasn't, it wasn't uh, available to me when I was that age. But when I was 18, I was studying mechanical engineering and I'd had a mechanical engineering internship at an observatory actually. Um, 
working on one of the telescopes, I just kind of decided it wasn't for me. Like I got to do the full thing of, okay, here's, we need to design this new part. And I even got to build it and order all the parts and I had budget. So I got to do like the full spectrum mechanical engineering internship. It was really cool, but I kind of decided that's really not for me. And I had taken a programming class the semester before. And I was like, I really think I like that. So I just switched my major and never looked back. Well, you are clearly a very intelligent person and you're well-educated. Do you think that helped you uh, do this, like to accept the, the, the idea that you don't have to wear clothes? Perhaps. I mean, it is, it is a thing that I like to do with my friends, which is to sit around for hours and talk about, you know, philosophy and existentialism and the meaning of life. So you could say that, you know, those deep conversations we've been having ever since we were in college could point to a more open-minded mindset of being able to get into a headspace where you can imagine yourself doing something that's different than the, than the cultural norm. But I feel like I've always been good at imagining things that were different from the cultural norm. Like I've always been good at seeing things and just because something is the cultural norm doesn't mean I'm going to accept it straight off the bat. I'm going to think about it and decide for myself if I want to do it or not. I'm not going to do it just because society tells me to, but I'm also not going to rebel for the sake of rebelling. I'm not going to say, Oh, I just want to be naked because I want to rebel. It's like, no, I'm going to think about it. I don't really like clothes, so I'm not going to wear them and I'm just going to move on, you know, <laughs> but I, I don't, but I don't necessarily think that there is a, a tie to education and being a nudist. I mean, I, I know plenty of nudists who didn't go to college or that even finished high school. And I don't necessarily think I had any advantage because of it. Well, there's, there's lots of ways to get education and I'm not trying to sound elitist in any way, but it, it does require a certain amount of a certain ability to do critical thinking which you can get from your parents, which you can also get even without going to college or university. Um, but there are a lot of people who, for some reason, uh, you meet them all the time, never question the status quo. That's just the way it is. Those are not the people that are likely to try naturism or nudism because they think everything is the way it is. It's okay. Uh, I am supposed to ogle women and they're supposed to take it. That's the way it's supposed to be. Like there's all these assumptions. And unfortunately, uh, if ever, or fortunately, if, because it's not like that, if nobody questions that, uh, the world never changes. You know, there was a time where, of course, women are not allowed to vote because that's the way it is. And of course, only white people are free because that's the way it is. Right. We have to keep questioning. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that nudism is in the same plane as slavery. Don't get me wrong. That, that's not at all <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that questioning requires uh, a certain mindset and a certain way of looking at things instead of just accepting the way they are. Um, yeah. And I, I you obviously that. have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say that it takes all types of the world, you know, that's why every, that's why there's a spectrum of every personality trait. Um, but absolutely a common theme of nudists are going to be open-minded, critically thinking people. Um, and another common personality trait that I notice, and I'm sure you have too, is just more of a down to earth, genuine, less uptight. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't, you don't meet a lot of people in the community who are just wound up, you know, you do sometimes, but <laughs> it's not as it, common. It is. It has a relaxing effect too. I don't know if you feel that, but I find when I'm wearing clothes all day and I have to come home and take them off, it, I have an instant whoosh relaxation feeling. It's almost like getting into a hot bath kind of feeling. I was, <laughs> that's so 
funny. I literally was about to say it's the same exact feeling to me as slipping into a hot bath or a hot tub and just, ah, uh, like as soon as I can take off my clothes, that's the exact feeling that I have. You took the words right out of my brain. There you go. Brilliant minds think alike. <laughs> um, and in the beginning, when you were t- telling us about yourself, you said that you, you kind of said to your boyfriend, hey, we're going to get naked for the weekend. Um, and how, how do you take that? Oh, my, uh, my husband. Well, he's now your husband. Yes. At the yeah. time. Uh, he was like, Oh, okay. Like he didn't really fight it that much. Um, and he, he wasn't quite as gung ho obviously as me. Um, cause it, you know, it wasn't his idea, but I don't think it took him more than an hour to get naked. And he, by the end of the weekend, we both loved the community and we were like, we're coming back next weekend. So he's so as we into it as you want. He does. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you hear all the time about uh, couples where one side is into it and the other one is not at all, but yeah, that's not your situation. Yeah. I mean, he's not as into it as me. Um, you know, we, we moved to Oklahoma to be closer to my parents. So we don't, we don't live close to a nudist resort right now or three hours, oh. three and a half hours away from the closest one. And I'm more to be like, I got, you know, we, I got to, we got to pick a weekend to go do this. And I think he would, it wouldn't necessarily register to him if he went a year or two without going to one, you know, it's not as, he's not as passionate about it, but he's very comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He would classify himself as a nudist still, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing in my relationship is uh, uh, my wife is very, very much a classifier of the naturist and we've lived our lives this way, raised our children this way. Um, but she's not the one that wanted to buy a nature's club. <laughs> right. She's not the one that, uh, wanted to go and volunteer for the organizations. Um, so we're the instigators. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Somebody has to be, I mean, you, you don't marry somebody exactly like you. That'd be boring. Right. You, you compliment each other. Exactly. So you got married. Um, did naturism, nudism, was that part of your marriage or your wedding at all? Yep. So we had been going, we had become members within a, three visits. I think you have to go three times before you become members. And we got a, a, a weekend place, you know, we started paying for a place that we could go every single week in a cabin. And so we were going there all the time. And that just kind of became our, our new community, you know, that became our friends. So nice. when we got engaged, we were like, well, of course we have to get married there, you know, and plus it's a free venue. I, th- I think our wedding ended up being $800. I paid for the catering, uh, paid for a body painter wow. and I can send you, I think I did send you our wedding photo. We're, we're, we're body painted. I have a, like a white corset painted on me and he's got a bow tie and a little boot in the air. It's really cute. Um, but she painted every, she just, people were lined up getting Pokemons painted on them. You know, kids were getting painted. I just thought that would be a fun thing. So I, I hired her and then I got my hair done and two kegs. I think it was $850 total. <laughs> so it's a very cheap, very cheap wedding, but very fun. And my, our best friend that introduced us, uh, married us and he wore all he wore was a bow tie and he showed up in this really fancy bow tie and I just started laughing he said well it's a formal occasion <laughs> <laughs> so but what about the rest of your friends and family surely not all of them were nudists no um nobody in our family came except for my sister uh but that was to be expected and you know, I think my parents really strongly considered coming, but you know, the, the morning of the wedding, my mom was just like, I'm so sorry. I just don't think I can do it. And I said, well, that's totally fine. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. That would make me uncomfortable at my own wedding. So, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, 
but all of uh, but some some of my friends didn't go but i would say most of the friends that we invited did show up no. and I, only six of them didn't get naked out of how many there were over 100 people there for sure i mean I, if i were to guess there was probably 140 people they ran out of seats at the pool and they had to go grab more um, and people were sitting on noodles in the pool during our ceremony because there was just nowhere to sit so it was a great turnout did your sister get naked yeah she did does she enjoy it as much as you do not as much as me i mean she's she, when she visits she'll do it no problem she's super comfortable with it and i think has been to a resort with me a handful of times but she's not something she seeks out on her own no, but clearly there must be something in how the two of you were raised in your family that made you, you more, but you both okay with the idea. Yeah, no, she was very comfortable with it. I mean, I would say that she was pretty much as comfortable with it as I was. I mean, yeah. when she got there and came, became naked for the first time, I didn't sense an ounce of discomfort. So, but you know, I was also naked around the house my whole life. So maybe she was used to it because of me. <laughs> I don't know. Was there no bad feelings that people felt excluded that they couldn't come because of that aspect? If, if there was, um, it wasn't, you know, my husband's family, we didn't even tell them about it. And then a few years later, they found out that we did have a wedding and there might be some bad feelings around that. And if there is, you know, I apologize <laughs> on air. I apologize, but you know, we, we just weren't ready. We don't, I mean, we hadn't been, to, we got married after a year and a half of knowing each other, I think. So we just weren't prepared yet to be that open about it, but now we're completely open about it. You know, I've even told his parents that I'm doing these interviews. So it's uh, yeah. Well, weddings can be such political things. So right. That's, that's you know, we just why. said we were eloping and that was, that was a lie. Oops. <laughs> were but your... my family knew my family did know, yeah. but your husband's family uh, are not as comfortable with the idea or what you're doing. I don't really know what their stance on it is. I think they probably just put up with it, but that's just my guess. <laughs> um, you haven't heard? They didn't tell your husband either? Son, she's dragging you into hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they really, they're really loving people and they really like me. And so that if they do have problems with it, they keep it to themselves. But I think they're okay with it. I just don't think it's something they're interested in doing. No, no, and that's fair. Yeah, you know, and I don't think they would ever tell my son when they have. The, I don't think they would ever tell their grandchildren that you know we're doing something wrong. I think they're supportive. So, you have a son. Uh, how old's your son? Three and a half. Three and in, a half. in a the day after Christmas, he'll be three and a half. So, are you raising him as a nudist, naturist person? Absolutely. And when I say raise him, you know, I really don't talk to him about it that much. I've just always walked around naked around him, you know, and. Me, me and my husband both and, and our friends are naked around him. And, you know, he'll, of course, when he started being able to talk and observe, he started asking questions, you know, um, before to pull in a bathing suit's on, he's like, well, why are you wearing a bathing suit? And I say, well, there are certain places that we can be naked and certain places that we can't. And so he, he started calling the resorts, the naked place. Um, sure. And, you know, and so, I answer the questions he asks, you know, and then I'm just naked around him. And I also am very blunt with him about, you know, body parts, you know, he says, what's this, what's this, you know, that's your elbow, that's your penis, that's your foot, you know, he, so he knows all the words to everything, you know, which can throw people off sometimes. <laughs> but as a nudist, you know, I just try to equalize all the body parts, like this is your body. And so, so what's, what's your long-term plan and vision then in terms of, raising him and naturism 
I'm just going to be myself, you know, uh, I'm very comfortable in being naked and I'm going to be naked around him for his upbringing. And it's kind of on him to develop how he develops, you know, like if he becomes to the point where he doesn't want to see me naked anymore and he doesn't want to be naked, well, that'll be his choice, you know. But so if he doesn't want to see you naked, you'll get dressed? That's a good question. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I, hopefully I have at least a decade before I have to deal with that. But, you know, maybe to a point, you know, maybe to a point I would respect it. But uh, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I suppose. But or with my children has always been that, you know, I'm me and you can be you. But we don't get to tell each other that way either. Like if 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 you don't want me to tell you to be naked, you can't tell me to be dressed. To be dressed. I, and I think that's I think that's actually a good point. And that's probably will will be how I handle it if that happens. But I'm just kind of hoping that I exude comfort with it to the point where he's comfortable with it too. <laughs> and he, yeah, he probably will be. But I'm sure at some point he will he will hear from his friends from school and he will get uh, messages that will be very much conflicting with that. And plus, you know, you're a parent. We're all parents. We're weird. That's our job. You always find your parents a little weird compared to whatever you're learning and being your own self. And at some point, you your children want to be their own self. So sometimes the way to be your own self is to not be like your parents right? Uh, and to go a different way. And I uh, think that my biggest fear, honestly, would be that it's stigmatized so much that his friend's parents wouldn't want him to have any sleepovers at our house, you know? Cause I mean, I would never be naked around someone else's child without consent. Like I would never walk around the house naked, of course. Yeah. Like I'm just, I said this in my, in the last interview, I'm, I can compartmentalize. I'm just a regular person, but I do fear that he'll, his friend's parents will be like, well, you know, you, you can't go over there, but he can come over here. And that, I think that's my, probably my biggest fear, especially living in a small town. Yeah. And uh, we certainly we were, you know, people say, what did you do when their, your kids' friends came over? And I said, well, we were dressed. I mean, I would not. I Some people are so militant that they are nude no matter who comes over. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I understand it seems it seems unfair because as nudists, we adapt always to everybody else. Right. right. We go to their place. We we wear clothes. They come to our place. We wear clothes they never have to adjust to our standards. Uh, right. And I understand that seems unfair, but it's a complicated thing. It's not just, it's not wearing We're the hats. minority, you know, so. <laughs> We're the minority, but also we are doing something which is uh, logically very simple, but emotionally incredibly complex and difficult for people to deal with. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, but I, I just would, I never want him to feel like bullied or left out because of how I choose to live, you know, and if that's, if that's a, a natural result that happens, we're, we're going to deal with it. I'm not going to stop being myself, but I, I do fear that a little bit because I don't want him to have any extra added on emotional hardships because his mom likes to gallivant around naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and that's a fair, you know, we, we don't, nobody wants our, we don't want our children to be hurt. We want to protect them from everything. Although that's actually not a good idea as I've learned, as I, you know, is you, you, they need a little bit of hurt. So they learn how to deal with it and they, and, and, and you can guide them. Um, but grow, it's something that early on I dealt with in terms of what am I going to do? My children are going to get teased because it's not, a, they can't keep it a secret. I'm in the front page of newspapers. I'm in television. Like there is going to, I'm own a nature's club. There is no secret. Right. So they will get teased, but that's something I know a lot about because I was a geek. I'm still a geek. Uh, and I was teased a lot in high school and 
being teased is is all about you. They'll try to tease you about something. Could be your hair, could be your height, could be the way you say something, could be the shape of your nose. They're trying to get power over you. And what was important for my kids to learn is how to deal with teasing. Because if they don't tease you about your parents being naked, it'll teach you about something else. It's how you deal with it. Hey, your dad's a nudist. Yeah, you want to come? Like that's the guy. I, I I did some of the role play with them. You, you know how you throw it back at them. If you don't show weakness, it stops. That's a good point. And, and it's that's the tough one, right? It is. And I had to. I thought well, I've been wanting to be a kind of ambassador for the nudist community or the naturist community for a while now, uh, just because I love it so much and I want to destigmatize it, especially like you know in the South. Um, and I think I'm a good spokesperson for it just because, you know, on the face of it, if you were just to meet me, I, no one would be able to be like, oh, she's she's a nudist. You know, I'm a professional and I have children and I'm and I have the female perspective, which, you know, is always a concern for a lot of girls like what you're just going to be objectified. And so I really wanted to be an ambassador for this community, but I was scared to because I even though I'm very open about it, I'm not open about it in my small community that I live in right now. Like my neighbors don't know. Um for the most part, people don't know. And my dad, you know, and my mom work locally and I don't want them to have to deal with it. So I've been pretty quiet about it in my small community, but eventually I, I was like, I want this too much. So I'm going to so do go past the point of no return. So when I did that podcast interview a few weeks ago, that was it. I was like, now it's out there. My neighbors are going to find out. Everyone's going to find out. And I just, I just have to keep moving forward, but I really want to do this. And I, I want to start a TikTok to educate people as well. Um, just to do little, that's the big thing right now that kids watch, yep. right? So yep. I would like to do an educational series on TikTok. We and just filmed uh, about a hundred little tiny TikTok videos during the summer. We're going to do the same thing as soon as we've edited them. That's awesome. Just little short bits, trying to be funny. Yeah. We'll see how well it works. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're successful. Um, but yeah, I'm past the point of no return now. So <laughs> So let's let's talk about that. You are a woman. And it's much harder to be a naturist or a nudist and a woman because you get assaulted online. It is, I have met a lot of women who started being public online and stopped because they just, it hurt their soul so badly. They just couldn't take it anymore. That is exactly what my husband was worried about. When I, when I finally made the decision to, to do the podcast interview and hopefully, and now I have this one and hopefully I'll have many more um, and do TikToks. That was his main concern. He kept saying, you know, you're going to get harassed online. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of unwelcome messages And this. The podcast interview I did recently, I think it's, it's almost at 3000 views and I've gotten a handful of messages from people um, just saying like, Hey, if you ever want to, be naked with me, you know, they weren't, I haven't gotten anything like super inappropriate, but definitely um, uncalled for messages um, you from will. men. You, uh, you, you will. I've had some supportive women reach out to me with like really sure. sweet, supportive messages. I've been like, this is great. I'm so glad. But then, you know, I've gotten a, a handful, I've probably gotten 20 messages from men just saying, you know, we should hang out sometime. <laughs> Which seems harmless on the face of it, but I, I feel like it is a window into what I'm going to have to deal with. If I, if I get a bigger online presence, I am going to have to combat that. And I, I hope I can field it well. I hope that I can emotionally stay distant from it and just ignore and block and just not engage. You have to compartmentalize and, uh, and be prepared. Um, 
Nikki here does uh, with the pandemic started doing yoga and meditation online. And that makes it very easy in person to come to Bear Oaks. You, you have, we don't get a lot of pervs because it's too hard for them. Right. The, the, what they want is they want to be anonymous and they want to attack you. They don't want to make themselves vulnerable. So it's too difficult, but online that's easy. Uh, you know, so we made rules like you had to have your camera on. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a show, you know, we need to make sure you're participating in that kind of thing. Still, occasionally you got to kick somebody out because they are not there to meditate. They're there to pleasure themselves. And so bye-bye, yeah. click, you're gone. Right. Uh, but that's not the worst. The worst is the comments you will get. And I don't want to scare you. Um, but, you know, you already know this as a woman, everybody feels the right to judge you right. uh, and tell you what they think is wrong with you. And I honestly think, and I don't know where this comes from. For some men, it's they. I guess I think they're they lack self esteem, and they need to bring you down in order to make themselves feel good. And they totally know that you're that. sensitive about your body, or women in general are sensitive about their body. So if they comment on your breasts being crooked or your nose not being the right shape or something, they know they can. If they can find just that thing that bugs you, they will have power on you, and they try, and it's. It's I, terrible. I, I'm a, it's, I, I just like every other body, everybody else on earth, I have insecurities, but, but I also feel very at peace with the way that I look naturally from the standpoint of other people's opinions, because we go through life. We, we, we connect with certain people, you know, you, you're instant friends with certain people, or you fall in love with certain people. You have connections with people you're just going to be attracted to who you're attracted to. So I yeah. meet plenty of people in life who think I'm beautiful. Um, and I meet plenty of people in life that don't. And I think that's a big part of the, the nature's thing for me is that I've just realized, like, I just don't care if somebody doesn't find me attractive because there's plenty of people who do. And so I don't care about that one person's individual opinion. Um, you know, my husband, my mom, my son, you know, they think they all think I'm beautiful. Right. And my friends, you know, there's plenty of people in my life who think I'm beautiful. So why do I care about this one person and their opinion, especially if they're just saying it to drag me down? Like who knows if that's what they really think, or if they're just trying to evoke a reaction out of you. So I am a little nervous about all the comments, you know, and all of the messages and all of that, but I feel ready to tackle it. I'm just like, let's do this. Well, that's good. It's good. It's just, I, I, you know, I've always, I'm always afraid for, Folks like you, that somehow you're going to get uh, turned off the whole thing. And, and that's why sometimes online, it seems like there are very few women participating in discussion group or forums. There are forums. I know several people moderate different groups on Facebook or Twitter. And most women will tell you they post once and they get a thousand friend requests. Mm-hmm. And just oh, that in itself is weird. Yes. I've actually gotten uh, probably a hundred friend requests on Facebook since, since my recent podcast went out right. and I, it, that was something I didn't expect. So, yeah. A, a friend of mine who is not a naturist uh, in her feed, something that I posted, uh, she liked naturist thing, something about we're doing here at Bear Oaks. And just by liking it, she got a whole bunch of friend requests and people contacting her, asking for nude pictures and things like that. All wow. she did was click the like. That is wild. And that so is... she's never doing it again. That's sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I forgot what I was about to say. I don't know. It kind of leaves you speechless though, doesn't it? That It does just because it's, it's rough, you know, um, there aren't enough women in this space speaking on it because of that, because the, when you're in the wild, especially when you're in the anonymous internet wild, you can be harassed to oblivion, you know, as, as a woman who likes to be naked, because there are just people out there that no matter what you say, what you do, they're never going to decouple their sexual urges with nudity, right? They're just going to be out there. You know, I like to think that most people, if you have a intelligent enough conversation with them and you're patient enough that maybe they'll start to see where you're coming from a little bit, even if they're not interested in it. But some people are just, you know, some people don't want to change their thoughts. They're not going to listen to your points. They're just going to objectify you no matter what. I mean, there's plenty of bullies out there. Right. So I feel like it's just going to be part of it. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to have to have a lot of, I have a very strong support system. So. It is. And uh, yeah. And you need to vent once in a while and you make sure you go back to the clubs and you hang out with the people, the good people that, so that you get that balance because it, it's like being, I have friends who are cops. I have friends who work with bad people a lot and you become jaded. You start to be suspicious of everybody because when you are always, you have to balance it out. And, uh, if your job is dealing with bad people, then and that's all you see all day. I, in fact, let's not take that extreme. One of the things that happens here at the front desk is that uh, the people working in the club start to become a little jaded towards our members and guests because mostly you deal with complaints. Right. The happy people never come and say, oh, I'm so happy. They don't, they, they're just happy. Mm-hmm. And when we... Every now and then we sat down and say, okay. And somebody's, you know, ah, oh, that guy and he yelled at me and, and, and just, you know, these are, they're all assholes, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Hold on. So you've been here two months now. How many have you had? So I don't know. So well, let's think about it. Is it 10? Uh, maybe. So, well, there are 750 members or so here and we get, you've at least seen a thousand guests in those two months. So let's keep perspective, right? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It, so you do need to refresh yourself um, when you are in a world where you are experiencing the negativity to make sure you get that balance. So, yeah, absolutely. I actually really look forward to actually hearing, talking to you. I really look forward to coming to visit Bear Oaks someday. Oh, well, that would be lovely. You'll have to tell me the best time of year to do so. When it's warm. <laughs> Wait, I don't yeah, I just I'm I'm from Texas, so I don't I don't know what time of year that is for, for you. Guaranteed hot. You know, 30 degrees, well, 30 Celsius, uh, like 90, 100 degree Fahrenheit, uh, July and August. That's okay. when you'll get that kind of weather. So, awesome. uh, but yeah. So, yeah. So th- please don't give up. I want, I, you're, you're fantastic. And I want to make sure you don't, you don't let them get to you because that's what they want to do. So but this is what I was going to say earlier that I forgot. Um, I've been in male dominated environments for a long time now. Uh, I'm in tech. I'm mm-hmm. in STEM, you know, that's a male dominated environment. I lived in the dorms and the Corps of Cadet dorms at Texas A&M when I was in college. And there was very few girls in our dorm. It was a male dominated environment and computer engineering. I was the only female graduate my year in that, in that degree. I mean, I was typically the only female in the whole classroom or the whole lab that I was in. Um, and then when my first tech job in Austin, there was a, out of 150 employees in the office, there might've been four girls. Hmm. So I'm very used to male dominated environments. And so I feel like I have the, maybe a slightly better tool set to navigate, you know, the, 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 
the man wild than maybe most people because I've been in dominated environments for so long. And so I, I've seen it, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with sexual harassment in the workplace. Like I've dealt with all of this. So, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that I won't be worn down by it. It won't be jaded. I just, maybe, maybe I won't, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be able to troop through it. Yeah. Well, as long as you see the benefits too, because you will help a lot of people and you will heal a lot of people. Um, And you're obviously a confident and you're a strong person. Um, So that, that, that's the elements that you need, but uh, you can see why online it might seem like very few women uh, are participating. Not everybody can deal with that. I'm very passionate about it. Uh, It's one of the only things, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that gets a new hobby every few months, you know, Uh, I very rarely like stick with one thing for very long and, but nudity for whatever reason has been kind of the, the one staple in my life that I never get tired of. So it's, I feel like it's the thing I'm most passionate about, which love being naked. And so it feel, it felt like there was a hole. I mean, I know that there's, there are female, you know, nudist ambassadors out there that speak, but I feel like there should be more. And I'm like, you know, I, I want to be that person. You know, someone's got to, someone's got to put themselves out there, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, for the, for the good of the movement. So yeah. I, I want to be that person. Well, I think you're definitely one of those people that we need for sure. Well, I appreciate that. So as you heard, Heather, Heather is so much more than just a person who skydive nude. Uh, she's a very interesting person. She has some very interesting ideas and goals. And uh, it's always um, fascinating to find people who discover naturism and just take to it with such passion and such um, dedication and seem to lose their uh, societally imposed norms and and shame and all that so easily and uh, and it's so hard for others and I've always wondered what the difference is and why it works so well for others uh, for some and not others um, and why um, some people become really quickly uh, hooked on it like I did obviously and many others, and take it pretty far. But to be fair, it's even harder for a woman in most cases because you get a kind of attention, as we've talked about in previous shows, that uh, we men don't get. So good on Heather, and I'm hoping that I'll get more chances to chat with her and uh, keep an eye on her. And I think she's going to be fairly involved in naturism in the next few years. So that'll be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm the host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And I make the show with the help of Samantha Graham, who is the producer and makes the task of producing this show and putting it all together so much easier by doing all the time-consuming editing and keeping me organized. Please support us on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash naturist living show just one word all one word uh, as i've said many times in the past none of the money's for me um the this is all to support samantha and to give her some income as she does a lot of the work and to keep the show going so i am not profiting in any way this is really to just to keep the show going and uh, as you've noticed, we're getting more episodes out in the last year because of Samantha, uh, both doing a lot of the work and keeping on top of me and pushing me all the time. So thank you for all of you who are supporting. I really appreciate it.
You can also find links to all the items I mentioned in the show notes on the website at naturistlivingshow.com. You'll also find a link there to the Patreon uh, donation if you want to do it. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I really appreciate getting them. Um, the show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. show you something. I'm sure many of you didn't know there was such a thing as right, neat skydiving. I didn't until I saw this club, known as the Buff Divers, jumping over Southern California. This was just one fascinating aspect of a subject that has remained a mystery to all but its followers. Nudism.
think this is a very strange approach to the sport of skydiving, but if you take into account the fact that they're going to land in a nudist club, it all makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Well, I didn't know. I had no knowledge on the subject of nudist clubs, nudists, or what social nudity involved, and I wanted to know. was at once interesting and yet a little frightening. I suppose anyone who's gone skinny dipping qualifies as a nudist, at least in spirit. But nude resorts with sports facilities, restaurants, pools, that's really a far cry from the old swimming hole. Certainly we're all born new, but why some return to that natural state seems a puzzlement to the rest of us. I couldn't disregard it as a fad because social nudism has been with us since the turn of the century. And I guess the time is finally right to present a picture of what it's all about. I know. Oh, it's been terrible. You know, I just uh, couldn't believe how you guys jumped in this kind of weather. It's beautiful. It looks so great. It really it looks fantastic. It wasn't until, um, oh, just a while ago that it was just clear for us to jump, period. This is, this is a heck of a way to visit a news camp for a time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I like dropping in like this. It sure wasn't hard to find, either. Oh, isn't it really? nice? It's, it's pretty easy to jump into it. What's it yeah. like, Chief, if it is? Uh, no, I think it was Ron Durham. Ron Durham says, there's my home, and he left the plane, so I figured this is where we go. I wanted to see what happens on the other side of the walls. Not just peek, but really look. Anyway, I went, and I looked and listened, and maybe I learned a little. So I went back and made a film. 